Welcome to the Better Business, Better Life podcast. Terry DuPont is the founder of DuPont Advisory Group, a group dedicated to providing comprehensive services to successful business owners, medical, and other professionals. Terry has top-of-the-table status in the prestigious International Million Dollar Roundtable, placing him among the top one-tenth of 1% of all professional financial advisors in the world. Terry's philosophy is, I've learned that I grow and prosper more by focusing on the success of others rather than fretting over my own. Terry is a certified financial professional with the Institute of Financial Wellness, an advisor for the power of zero taxes in retirement, chartered retirement plans specialist, certified wealth preservation planner, and certified philanthropic developer. On the podcast, Terry brings together experts in their field who have succeeded in building their business to share their secrets with you. And now, here's your host, Terry DuPont. Welcome, everyone, to uh, this week's edition of Better Business, Better Life, Building on Your Success. And I'm your host, Terry DuPont. This week, we have with us Seth Green, uh, who's a a unique person. uh, And I I think you're going to enjoy him. Uh, I've talked to him before. So, uh, uh, Seth, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So, I am a serial entrepreneur. I got started, I, I originally went to undergraduate college, you know, several decades ago. And my life, my life goal at the age of 18 was to be a Broadway star. So I went to school for musical theater. Um, Obviously, my stage changed just a little bit. Because every semester, my dad would call me and tell me he couldn't afford Syracuse anymore. And I had to come live at home and get a job and work and go to a local school and help my mother around the house. And then I can't have girls over and I can't listen to any loud music. So as an 18 year old, this is very traumatic. And it kept happening over and over again. And I realized there had to be a better way. So while pursuing my theatrical studies, I also cobbled together from a couple of different departments at the university, my own program in college financial aid planning, which did not exist as a career back then. But I decided to forego my dreams of starving as a waiter in New York and instead become a college financial aid advisor helping families cut the cost of college tuition and save a bunch of money on college and started that career 24 years ago. Excellent. Excellent. Um, So how how much do you save them each year? Do you think on, on average, we cut the cost of tuition, $19,077 per year per kid. Oh, you've got it down to a science. We, we track every penny. Okay. All right. So, Walk us through a process, uh, uh, if you will, of how this might work. Sure. So the most important number when it comes to college financial aid planning is something known as your expected family contribution or EFC. The government recently changed the name as we're recording this into the student aid index or SAI, but they mean the same thing. And it's the EFC is the magic number that the federal government thinks you can afford to pay for college. And it's always more than you think you can afford to pay for college. Now, there, I discovered that there is a book on Amazon that explains the federal financial aid formula. And it is a thousand pages long. And I think I am one of the only three people who've ever read it because there are only two other reviews of the book on Amazon. Um, But I read the book and it is what it is the cornerstone of our business because that federal financial aid formula is manipulatable. It's gameable. There are, as as the business owners and professionals who listen to your show, 
they have the most opportunities for wiggle room in the financial aid process. So by the way you receive your income, by the way you hold your assets, by the things that you own and you invest in, those can all lower your expected family contribution, which makes you eligible for more free financial aid that your kid never has to pay back. Well, that sounds all great, but how do you ensure to, uh, to get your fair share of financial aid? Um, well, what we start with is a college cost analysis. We have to calculate the expected family contribution the way it stands for a family right now. And then we can tell them, can we save you money on this? And exactly how much? And we can literally show them a before and after and say, if you do nothing, here's what you're going to pay. If you do what we tell you, here's what you'll pay. And then we can run that example on every college that that kid wants to go to and say, here's where we can save you the most money. And if they end up working with us, we guarantee our results. And thankfully, in 24 years, I have only had, I, we write maybe one refund check a year. So out of the hundreds of clients we serve every single year, um, we have a really, really high percentage rate of being able to deliver what we promise. So where, where does this money come from? Is it, is it scholarships, grants, uh, loans? What is it? Um, so we're... Uh, Boo to loans, not in favor of loans, because you got to pay those back. Now, you and I both know that there are cases where you're going to have to borrow some money, but we want to keep that loan, that debt that that child's going to graduate with as low as humanly possible. We don't want them starting off with a ball and chain around their neck. So the we help them negotiate with the school for more money. It usually comes in the form of grants and scholarships that do not have to be repaid back and are not dependent on the child's SAT scores or grade point average. Gotcha. Okay. So it sounds a little complicated to me. Uh, so <laughs> where were you uh, when my uh, children and grandchildren were uh, going to college? Uh, the grandchildren, not sure about the kids. I was probably in college when they were in oh. college. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it sounds uh, kind of overwhelming. What are the uh, some of the biggest mistakes that... Uh, uh, people make when applying for financial aid and, and how can they uh, be avoided? Sure. So some of the biggest mistakes, number one, parents assume that they can't afford to send their kid to that dream private college. They think, oh, that dream school is $75,000, $80,000 a year. We're not paying that. You need to go to a state university at in-state tuition and pay twenty five to thirty grand a year. What they don't realize is those private schools have multi-billion dollar endowment funds to give away. So we literally had a case where we had a child who wanted to go to American University, which was 70 something thousand dollars a year in Washington, D.C. And the parents said, no, you need to go to the state school in our state that's like 30 grand a year. And we showed them with our process, American University actually ended up costing them less than the state school. And that's where the child ended up going. Wow. So number one, don't assume you can't afford a school. Uh, number two, know what your number is before you start playing the game. Know what your expected family contribution is. And while there are some free online calculators, most of them are worth free. As in, we had a family that said, the husband said, we're not coming in to meet with you. My wife wants to meet with you. I'm not doing it. I did an EFC calculator online. I know what our number is and I know what we're eligible for. We're good. And the wife said, we're going anyway dragged him in kicking and screaming to meet with us and after we ran the calculation we said whatever efc calculator you used is wrong you're actually eligible for 30 grand a year of free money and he said 
I'm really glad that my wife made me come here. <laughs> so awesome. uh, number, number one, uh, know what your number is and don't depend on an online calculator to do it. Number two, you got to look at what percentage of need the school will meet. And is it scholarships? Is it grants or is it loans? Because schools count loans as financial aid, even though you have to pay them back. So you got to read the fine print and you got to know that number and then apply to schools that will give you the most amount of money based on your situation that you don't have to pay back. And then the last one is college financial aid is negotiable. Um, I think it's something like 98% of parents just accept whatever offer they're given. And the 2% that try and negotiate generally call and they don't know the numbers. They just know they want more money. So they don't make a logical case. They just say, my baby wants to go here, please. Can you give us more money? And the financial aid officer will free up a couple thousand bucks a year or whatever for them so that they feel like they got some more money. But if they could actually make a logical case and say, hey, you underordered my child $23,742 a year. Can you fix the error? A whole lot more money shows up. Gotcha. Okay. You mentioned applications. Uh, what tips uh, do you have for applications and essays? So I'm not an admissions expert. We have a sister company that we send our clients to that specifically works on the admission side. We work on the need-based financial side. However, one of the things I've seen over the years is parents missing deadlines, not getting their kids involved in the process. And when it comes to writing essays, don't use chat GPT. Don't go Google college admission essays that got, got, got them in and then try and copy that format. Schools have seen that. Again, there's 19 million freshmen every year. They know all of the tricks that people use. They want you to literally write something compelling that gets their attention. So you don't have to necessarily have some traumatic, I overcame this 17 terrible adversities and want to go to your school story because not everyone has that. But they want to get a sense of who you are as a person. And that's kind of the goal of the essay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think that you, and when we first started, you might've mentioned some law changes. Uh, what are some of these changes uh, that have recently come up and uh, uh, when it comes to the uh, colleges and the student loans? Sure. So there's been a lot of law changes in the last couple of months, and we're recording this near the end of 2023. So it may have changed by the time someone listens to this. Uh, number one, your expected family contribution used to be divided by how many kids you had in college at the same time. So if you had two kids that were overlapping in age, like right now, I have my son is a junior in high school. My daughter's a freshman. I will have two years where both of them are in college at the same time. And the federal government used to give me a break and say, hey, your EFC is 50 grand a year. If you've got two kids in college, it's now 25 grand a year per kid. They got rid of that loophole. So now instead of being on the hook for 50 grand a year, I'm on the hook for 100 grand a year. So number yeah. one, that's a big issue. Number two, as we're recording this, the FAFSA Simplification Act is supposed to release the new financial aid form December 31st of 2023. And it used to be, once you filled out the financial aid form, they sent that data onto your colleges that you would apply to within five days. They have now said it's going to take them a month with a simplified form to get the data to your colleges, which means all admissions, financial aid offers, everything's going to get pushed back at least a month or two. 
So the college school year 2023 to 2024 is going to be a mess. Hopefully they get it sorted out by 2024, 2025. The other big issue that directly affects your listeners is as of the moment we're recording this, the small business exclusion has been removed from financial aid. Now, what that means is it used to be if you owned a business with less than 100 employees, you did not have to report it on the financial aid form. Didn't count against you. That is now gone at the moment. So literally, if you are self-employed and you are, you, all you have is you, yourself, and you, or maybe you got one employee, you have to report the value of your business as an asset that the school will count against you for financial aid purposes. Now, you're giving me a look like that's crazy because you're right, and it is, because how on earth is the government, is the millions of small business owners supposed to decide what valuation method are they using? How much is their business worth? And how is the government going to know? Are they telling the truth? Are they correct in their valuation? How are they going to police that? And more importantly, just because I might have a business worth $2 million doesn't mean I can just go pull another 300 grand out of it for college. Right, right. You got you got employees to pay and and, and, and uh, resources and, and you name it, you know. The cost right, of- I, if I own a farm, I can't just go sell a tractor every year for to pay tuition. So there is currently another two senators, but one from each side of the aisle proposed a new bill. The only point of their new bill is to put the small business exclusion back. Fingers and toes are crossed that that passes and they put it back. But at the moment, it doesn't exist anymore. And that loophole is gone, which is going to create a, I don't know if the government realized it's going to create a logistical nightmare for them. Sure. Okay. So those are the changes as of today. Tune back into Terry's podcast next week or the week after, because it might've changed. (laughs) Look, uh, you know, every industry has its uh, uh, bad players. Okay? Um, could you explain some of the college scams uh, that you've come across and, and how they can be avoided? Absolutely. There are a lot of scams. It tends to be around financial aid. It's not really around admissions. Um, could there be some guy who says, I'm going to Photoshop you a picture of a canoe and get you a scholarship on the on, on, on the crew team? Obviously, that is an actual scandal that happened, and there's a Netflix documentary about it. Um, Hopefully, nobody's doing that anymore. On the financial aid side, the most common scam is you get an email saying you were awarded a scholarship that you don't ever remember applying to, because you didn't. And all you have to do is pay this processing fee and punch Mm -hmm. in your credit card or bank information, and magically we'll award you this money. And then as soon as they take your $400, $500, or $1,000, magically the scholarship never shows up and they disappear. So don't ever accept a scholarship you didn't apply for. What most parents don't realize, when your child's probably a junior, you start getting all sorts of mail from colleges because mm-hmm. that database is for sale. Those schools know your kid is of age and will start marketing to you. Well, There are some unreputable people who buy access to that data as well and try and exploit it by saying, hey, give us money and we'll get you a scholarship. Give us money to get the scholarship you already won. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I wouldn't click on any email that you don't recognize. I certainly wouldn't give money to strangers and I would get everything in writing. Sure. Okay. Um. When should parents uh, start looking into college planning? Uh, When they get the test results back. Not the SAT, the EPT, the pregnancy test, right? 18 years ago. 
um, the best time after the birth of your child is most likely in um, our sweet spot is when your child is a sophomore or junior. Because if we're going to need to move money around in high school, if we're going to need to move money around to make you eligible for more financial aid, sometimes we need time for that to show up on a tax return so that the schools count it properly. So sophomore or junior year or high school is probably the best time. Earlier, earlier the better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, is there anything that you'd like to uh, talk about that we haven't already discussed? You've been pretty thorough. I mean, we could technically talk about this for three or four hours, but I don't think your listeners necessarily want to listen to <laughs> that much college financial aid talk in one podcast. Right, right. Well, maybe we'll have you back again and you can uh, talk for another half an hour or something like that. And I, I would be honored to come back and, and tell them what the law changes are for next week. Um, mm -hmm. It has been a crazy season since the summer. There have been so many law changes with the government trying on one hand to say, hey, we want free college for everybody. And then on the other hand to say, hey, you should pay twice as much, those of you who can actually afford it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's been very interesting times. I know that, that uh, your contact information is at the bottom of the screen and, and all that stuff. But uh, do you do uh, workshops or seminars or webinars on this material? All the time. So. If your listeners would like to watch a workshop that we just did um, recently with myself, our college admissions expert, and our tax and accounting expert, mm. if they go to howtofindmoneyforcollege.com forward slash training, they can register to watch that workshop that you were actually a part of. And then they can get that college cost analysis that we normally charge $200 for absolutely free. Thanks to Terry and Better Business, Better Life. Oh, awesome. I got the plug too, huh? How about that? Okay. Well, I guess that's it for this week, folks. Uh, uh, it's nice having you on, uh, Seth, uh, and I uh, hope you come back. And uh, so that, that's it for this week. This is Better Business, Better Life, building on your success. I am your host, Terry DuPont. And remember, folks, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Take care. This has been the Better Business, Better Life, building on your success podcast. If you have questions about creating tax-free wealth and income, forward-looking tax mitigation, strategic risk mitigation, wealth preservation and legacy planning, and advanced financial management, go to dupontadvisory.com or email terry at dupontadvisory.com. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.